Hi all, welcome to Strategic Timeout, a new podcast on all things cricket. I'm Srinath Bhashyam and I'm joined by Gaurav Sundaraman. Just to give a background, the both of us have worked in cricket in various analytical and strategic roles for the last five odd years and we are hoping that we are able to draw from that experience to come up with insights and dig deep into stories from the game that we so dearly love. Both of us are also big trivia enthusiasts, so we are hoping to enliven our podcast with trivia nuggets. The disclaimer, of course, is that these are obviously our personal thoughts and do not reflect the opinions of our employers. Hi, Gaurav. Hi, Srinath. So, uh, we are back again uh, after a slight gap and uh, it's been a wonderful two weeks, at least for me. Australia have won the Ashes pretty convincingly. They won uh, in Adelaide, uh, which was a very tight game and Perth uh, somehow ended up being uh, a much more convincing win than what I expected. Uh, Australia have been brilliant. I think uh, they are deserving winners uh, so far, at least I believe. And something uh, which we spoke to the first two podcasts, a lot of uh, what we spoke has actually uh, come through and um, I'm happy that um, we are able to uh, kind of call uh, the shots uh, earlier. A couple of points which I think was interesting which we made and I I felt uh, came through was about England's uh, batsmen doing well. Malan and Stoneman, uh, we did uh, say that uh, they they do play the horizontal shot well and uh, those kind of things came through so it was it was good and obviously the uh, fast bowlers uh, I think uh, Stark, Hazelwood, Lyon and uh, uh, Cummins that attack is brilliant and the fact that I think uh, I, I had made a point in the first podcast about how uh, they're going to be relentless uh, uh, attack throughout the day and that's what happened because it's not easy to score runs especially in Adelaide and Brisbane Australia were able to contain uh, the boundaries whereas in Perth they, were, they had to concede the wicket was too flat but at least they were able to contain constantly even even though uh, they were not getting wickets in some parts, they were able to contain which I felt was great. So, uh, yeah, and uh, obviously Steven Smith was the biggest difference in the batting. And uh, let's see uh, how the next two tests evolve. Uh, yes, Gaurav, I think uh, the heroes of the first three tests for Australia have uh, been, of course, Steve Smith, who's been brilliant with the bat. But I'd say that the Australian fast bowlers deserve all the credit and more. And they've just shown the world how good they are. I mean, on really unresponsive wickets where the ball doesn't seem to move a lot laterally of the wicket. At least in Brisbane and in Perth, we didn't see the ball move around a lot. They've just shown how good they are and have completely outclassed their opposition bowlers. I mean, on unresponsive wickets, they've really bent their backs and cranked up the pace and that's made all the difference. I think the biggest difference between the two sides, if you ask me, is the quality of bowling of Australia and specifically the three fast bowlers and they've been ably supported by Lyon. And uh, one thing we need to really appreciate, Gaurav, is the sheer physicality of fast bowling. I think it's not an easy job to run in through the day and bowl 140, 145, ball after ball and that's exactly what the Australian fast bowlers did. I think Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins really need to be commended for that. In fact, in the post-match conference after uh, their series win, Gaurav, Steve Smith actually mentioned that. He was like, you know, I my respect for the fast bowlers has gone up a notch because he completely understands the kind of effort that goes into, you know, doing what they do and they need to really take care of the bodies, especially these quicks who've been pretty injury prone to operate at such high levels of intensity and not break down requires a lot of effort off the field where they need to do a lot of gym work and uh, kudos to the fast bowling group of Australia. 
and we should also not forget the role played by Nathan Lyon because you know uh, especially given that they were playing only four bowlers in the first couple of tests it was important for somebody to bowl the long spells and lyon did that admirably and not only did he hold one end up he looked like picking wickets and uh, particularly about these three fast bowlers one thing that has not been mentioned a lot is uh, you know even though they've they're pretty young in age they've matured as a group they've played a lot of uh, cricket across the world and i think that has shown they've figured out what lengths to bowl to which batsman and they've been spot on with their plans and they're also pretty good friends of the field it, you can clearly see that and you can see that they enjoy each other's success so this is great sign for australian cricket and uh, the world needs to watch out for the pace attack that they're going to be fielding and on the contrary to contrast them the english fast bowlers lacked pace lacked intensity and adelaide was the only test where they looked like getting 20 wickets the the lack of pace really did them in badly and uh, if you look at their attack they have the ability to pick up 20 wickets in england but i really fear for this english team when they're actually touring abroad i mean especially if they go to a place like subcontinent i don't think they've unearthed the quality spinner for them to actually pick wickets and in other conditions like west indies and australia i think you need to have sure pace to actually get the ball to reverse swing so england will have to address those concerns if they need to do well in overseas tests goro fair enough um the other uh, point a couple of points which you mentioned which i just wanted to elaborate one thing was you were very spot on on uh, australia's plans and i also noticed that uh, uh, smith's captaincy was uh, it was very well uh, driven by uh, pre match plans it looked pretty evident to me in terms of matchups especially uh, bringing on the right bowlers to the right uh, batsmen so he kind of figured that out i was able to see that when i think when wins uh, came into bat he immediately bought in hazelwood when stoneman was batting he preferred stark when moin ali was batting he came he brought in lion when tailenders were there he immediately brought in stark so uh, it was very clear that smith had his plans and uh, he knew what uh, which batsman would struggle to which bowler so i felt that was very evident and it was good and uh, and england did have a counter assuming that you identify such plans at the end of the first two tests you would at least expect them to do something different in the third but somehow most of those plans ended up working um, barring the basto malan partnership i don't think england uh, uh, really uh, in the test uh, and especially there was a couple of drop chances for malan during that innings if that had been taken the result could have been far worse and uh, the other thing you mentioned was uh, england losing away but uh, my point is a lot of people have been criticizing uh, have been very critical of uh, england uh, of the performance but basically if you look at overall test cricket i think this was a, a, a big discussion over the last two years teams have not been doing well away so barring south africa they've beaten australia obviously over the last uh, three tours they beat in australia that is a that is an anomaly but uh, barring that i guess uh, we have just seen the odd um, uh, away series win england beat south africa and south africa which is fa- which is fantastic but uh, when you when i think everybody thought that the south african attack is really suited for england conditions and they would come and uh, beat england but they didn't england won 3-1 similarly pakistan was uh, was also touted to do well in australia with their pace attack with amir and all but they didn't do well so it's not like winning away 
is very easy and even the people coming to subcontinent they're not even challenging uh, so i don't know the, the, what the fuss is all about yes it's an ashes series you would expect more uh, maybe england to competed well and i think they have competed they've done well in adelaide uh, they did well in brisbane they were in the game in perth as well it was just that australia have seized the moments at the right uh, they've created those collapses they've got some wickets maybe england was slightly overconfident on uh, morning of day 2 which i felt uh, the first 5 uh, 6 overs didn't go for too many runs and then they had got a flurry of boundaries and that got them excited i was very sure that uh, when malan actually stepped out to nathan lyon uh, uh, it was more of a uh, attitude issue than uh, 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 maybe something technical uh, they just felt they were ahead in the game and were a bit overconfident at that point that was my observation anyway uh, moving on um, i wanted to speak about steven smith you know uh, before i speak uh, about uh, smith do you feel i just wanted to ask you a question so uh, his 141 in uh, brisbane and his two 39 in perth uh, have you seen a better steven smith knock uh, i mean the top top notch uh, knocks garo I, i think in the context of the game i'd probably rate the 141 a little higher because australia were in a spot of bother in the first test when smith came to the crease and they lost a few quick wickets and for him to have batted through and stay not out at the end of it and ensure that australia put a decent first innings total i think it was fantastic not to take anything away from his double hundred uh, he's been fantastic uh, i think steve smith uh, is as everybody is saying that he's uh, uh, getting very close to bradman like levels in modern cricket uh, people seem to be struggling to figure out plans to get him out and in fact i think uh, ricky ponting was joking that you know the english bowlers were actually approaching him and asking him you know if they have any idea about how to get steve smith out and apparently ponting replied saying that uh, you know uh i wouldn't tell you if i knew and and he uh, followed that up with you know the fact that he he didn't he didn't really know what to do and i found that pretty funny um i think smith has been brilliant gorav uh, what do you make of it so uh, what the point i wanted to make uh, smith actually scored his slowest 100 at brisbane and his fastest century at perth uh, so it shows two facets of his game and and ever since he started playing in uh, i think from the 2013 uh, perth ashes test is what was his change in technique and that's when he uh, the new smith evolved uh, i think this mentally he's really strong and he also i think in a recent interview he mentioned uh, something interesting he said whatever my technique is however i play uh, i think when i face the ball my head is very still and i go try to concentrate on the ball so uh, uh, it was a very interesting uh, piece of information which i i found that it doesn't really matter how you move how much you shuffle but when the bo- bowler releases the ball your head needs to be still and uh, you need to uh, concentrate on where the ball uh, is coming and uh, i think that's something which uh, i learned uh, when i uh, when when i read about it that it's it's it was very it was interesting it came from smith uh, that technique is not that important if you if you can keep your head still uh, just to finish up on smith again uh, i still very very uh, strongly believe that he is susceptible to the uh, swinging ball even early uh, on fourth day at perth when anderson was swinging it uh, he was struggling and that's how he got out uh, adelaide he, he was all at sea it was not his most fluent innings so uh, he, 
it's going to be a test i still think uh, just like how virat kohli needs to conquer england I, even though smith has a couple of centuries both were on flat tracks in lords and oval both nottingham and edgbaston when the whole team struggled even smith also struggled so that is something which i would want uh, smith to maybe address in the next ashes he's been brilliant no but he is definitely uh, there is a weakness with the swinging ball I'm moving ahead uh, shinad what uh, what's your take on mcg do you think any changes would happen uh just to add a couple of points on smith karo before i get to mcg uh with respect to the plans that uh, the bowlers have come up with against smith we've heard a lot of the channel and commentators also say that the english bowlers rather should be targeting the stumps and uh, you know there was a tendency for them to bowl outside of stump and they felt that it was slightly negative on wickets where the ball does not move around a lot i think it's pretty futile to bowl at smith stumps because he's going to flick you to the onside all day and he doesn't seem to miss that stroke but of course when the ball seems to move around like uh, you rightly said the In, the, in such a situation there is a lot of logic to actually bowl at smith stump because then you're probably prompting the leading edge and the the catch to slip but when the ball is not moving around which we saw in brisbane and perth i think it does not make a lot of sense to bowl at smith's pads england should formulate a different plan maybe just go get to bowling outside uh, the off stump bowl the fifth sixth stump channel and try to play on his patience otherwise i think you're just giving some free runs away to smith uh, uh, by bowling on the stumps and um, coming to mcg uh, gorav uh, i think you had a few points regarding the selection at mcg australia have been doing horses for courses i, I wish they continue the same uh, logic for mcg as well especially when it comes to a guy like peter hanscombe he was really good i, I think he had a uh, it was a harsh call to drop him uh, teams don't drop uh, players after two tests if that was a case not many players would continue for their respective team so i think hanscombe i think average is still up, uh, close to 50 or just above 50 and uh, he he should come back for mcg michel marsh yes he has scored 180 he was picked for uh, waka he's done his job and to be honest he didn't do a fifth bowler role much he didn't bowl much uh, and he didn't get any wickets as well i think so uh, i don't know if ashla might need and if stark is uh, not going to play uh, if they, they want to rest stark then it makes uh, then maybe they can play michel marsh and hanscombe also uh, i don't know uh, though that that's unlikely to happen uh, but i think they have to bring back uh, hanscombe instead of michel marsh that's my uh, Uh, logic i slightly disagree with you there gorov regarding hanscombe i think uh, one of the you know logical reasons for bringing michel marsh into this team was for him to essay that fifth bowler role as well uh, i think you're right that he, he probably bowled only 10 overs and uh, he didn't pick up a wicket but i think steve smith just likes the option of having somebody like him who can be steady from one end and can bowl more than 10 overs if required because otherwise there is no regular bowler in this australian setup who can you know reliably give you 10 to 15 overs the other thing you need to bear in mind gorov is that uh, all the lead fast bowlers have have bowled uh, you know quite a lot of overs in the first three tests and there is always a chance of uh, of injury happening if they are overbowled so with that in mind the australian selectors uh, should play michel marsh for the next test as well because i think he can bowl a few overs Uh, now that the series is in the bag i don't think they should take a chance on over bowling one of their lead fast bowlers and risk them getting injured because there's so much of cricket coming up and you know you you have your sights on you know the world cup in 2019 you don't want anything to happen to these fast bowlers who are their prime assets 
Uh, and secondly, regarding MCG, I think the wicket is going to be flat. If at all, it's going to be slower than Perth. And uh, I think it's a drop-in wicket there. And you're going to expect more of the same with respect to it being a good batting um, wicket. So with that being the case, the logic should be to play five fast, five bowlers rather, because you'd want to pick those 20 wickets and also give some respite to your lead fast men, you know, who've already put in a lot of long uh, spells and are possibly more prone to getting injured, Gaurav. Fair enough. I, I get your point. But the thing is, I feel that Stark may not play. I think the South Africa tour is much more important. One of something which I am very proud of is Australia have never lost in South Africa, which is a, one of the most underrated records uh, ever in history of uh, cricket. Uh, they've always won uh, or just they've done one series, but they've always won otherwise, which is phenomenal. Uh, which I want them, that record to continue. Their four tests, so Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, given a choice, I would rest all, th- all three of them and keep them fit for uh, South Africa. That's a different issue. But uh, when it comes to this MCG match, I think it's very harsh on Hanscom, a youngster who's done well. Just two two uh, bad matches. In fact, Adelaide, most of them had a bad match except for Sean Marsh. And yeah, Brisbane, uh, he was, yeah, I guess he wasn't, uh, he got out early. But I think Melbourne is his home ground, right, Sheena? Yeah, Melbourne is his home ground. That's right. So, I think he needs to play there. He knows the conditions. I think give him another go. Uh, I thought he was good, you know. The Ranchi knock is still in my mind. And I think that's not something uh, uh, someone who is not very good technically will not be able to play uh, such a knock which he did in Ranchi. So, I hope they bring back Hanscomb. Do you foresee any changes for England? It's uh, really difficult for England in terms of... Uh you know, what selections they're going to make. Uh, one thing I'd like to see is, I'd like to see Mason Crane get a game. I think he's a, an exciting young leg-spinning prospect for England and I think he's pretty talented. So, I don't know if they will make that change and play him in MCG where, you know, it might not aid the spinners a lot and thereby risk blooding a young, complete youngster and throwing him into the deep end of the pool uh, and thereby possibly doing some damage to his confidence. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I don't see how any of the changes that they make might, you know, help them actually pick those 20 wickets because uh, looking at their squad, I don't see, you know, them having the capability to pick 20 wickets on a fairly slowish, a good batting track like MCG. Uh, and uh, maybe they'll bring in Mark Wood, Gaurav. I think Mark Wood might, might come in. Um, you've got to see how that goes. One more point I'd like to talk about uh, is that you know there has been a lot of talk about uh, you know Cook, Anderson, and Broad and about how they should be dropped. I I disagree there uh, uh, because I think uh, England are facing a fundamental issue with their talent pipeline, and unless they find someone who is really knocking on the door, I think it's a little premature to to jettison these folks. I think Anderson still showed his class in Adelaide and with his spell in Perth. I mean, Alistair Cook is struggling, but you got to bear in mind the quality of uh, fast bowling that he's up against. I mean, it's not an easy job to open the open the batting. I mean, when it's probably the only time where the ball is doing something, and if you're struggling for your form and confidence, it's not an easy place to be playing in Australia against these. It's probably one of the best attacks in the world, and uh, I think even Broad. I think Broad has been a little disappointing. We discussed in the preview about how. He's been a little down in pace and we thought that maybe he could reinvent himself and get back to bowling high pace because he's got the attributes to do well in Australia. But I think Broad has been a little disappointing. But I still feel the three of them can have a role to play when they get back to England and play tests uh, 
there i mean i think from an indian point of view i think india is playing in uh, uh, in england next year and i think the three of them can still be really effective uh, in england uh, as opposed to playing three other rookies who probably don't have a lot of experience got also there's a tour to new zealand if australia too so i think that's a that's a place where you might see them and uh, i would i really hope cook plays for another couple of years at least he's good when uh, it's just that he's not consistent enough and broad is also a very rhythm bowler i guess he's just not got his rhythm this time because he, when he starts taking wickets he takes them in uh, he takes them quick and he takes a lot of them so yeah i guess uh, i'm with you on that you can't it's pretty harsh and anderson has been very good in fact anderson has been the best of the uh, english bowlers uh, so uh, Uh, let's see what the england selectors do england players who uh, played like uh, in excess of 35 36 uh, so let's see uh, what uh, stars thinks and uh, yeah shinad so it is good uh, uh, talking again and looking ahead to the fourth test um, let's see how uh, whether england can salvage some pride and maybe win the next two tests and uh, the score line reached then 50 another 50 whitewash uh, i don't think uh, England can take it. Um, anyway, so uh, uh, do you have any uh, final comments? I agree with you, Garo. I think uh, England needs to play for pride. I mean, there's nothing else that they can do. But I don't see how, especially given the the places that they're going to play the next two tests in MCG and SCG, I don't see how they have the attack to actually pick 20 wickets. And I don't see how they're going to get Steve Smith out in these two places. so unfortunately i fear for the worst for england um, maybe they can draw the two tests maybe the batsman can really step up and you know cook really puts his hand up and comes up with a back against the wall 100 everybody will want that and even root for that matter root has been pretty subdued this series i think the pressure of captaincy has gotten to him and uh, he's definitely one of the the brightest talents around in terms of batting so i really hope that the two of them put their hands up and uh, England put up a fight Gaurav anyways it was good talking to you Gaurav catch up with you soon sure shrinath see you